Hey folks, if you like listening to Stumble Through, there's now a way you can support the show. Click the link in the show notes to make a once-off donation through the ACAST supporter feature. There's no ongoing commitment and you can give as little or as much as you'd like. I love making the podcast and I'd like to keep making it. So even if it's just the price of a coffee, every little bit helps. Thanks so much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. How do you find the time when you can't find pause? A confirmation watch your face is gonna open some doors. You do what you gotta do, stumble through. Hello folks and welcome to Stumble Through, the podcast for young Australian adults trying to figure shit out. I'm your host, Paula Arujo. I'm a theatre creator, writer and marketer. And this week we are doing a creative career spotlight on costume departments in the film industry with Annalise Cochrane. Hey Annalise, how are you doing? Hi, good. How are you? I am so well. Um, so I am phoning you all the way from Australia to Canada, which is very cool. I know it's crazy that 18 hour time difference blows my mind. Man, it's it's funny, but how what is the sky like on your end? Um, it's funny today, which is surprising because it's fall now starting to go towards winter, so it's the last bit of sun before the rain kicks in. Mm. That's such like a romantic kind of image, like the last bit of sun before the rain kicks in. <laughs> Before we're all sad for the rest of the year. Ah, yes, that. <laughs> Can you introduce yourself for the lovely listeners? Yeah. Hi, my name is Annalise Cochran. I'm 23. And for the last two and a half years, I've been living in Vancouver in Canada and working in the costume department for film and TV. Woo! Can, can we say who you work for? Is that allowed? Or is that Yeah, like... we can say because most of the shows that I've worked on are already released. So. Oh, okay, cool. But like yeah. we can't say the shows that you're currently working on, but we can say that you that, that you work for Warner Brothers. Can we say that? Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can say that. So um over the last two years, I've been so, so lucky to work on so many different TV shows and feature films, whether it's been just for a couple of days or a couple of months or for the entire show. I've worked on The 100. I've worked on Riverdale. I've worked on The Man in the High Castle. I have worked on Get Shorty. I've worked on Twilight Zone season one. And currently I'm working on Charmed season two. That is so cool oh my god charm season two babe that's like what i love it yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty great that is so so cool congratulations do you have like a a a preference for like tv shows versus feature films is there one that you prefer to work with i really really love the pace of tv shows here which is something that i didn't get a lot of experience with back home Mm. so coming over here and doing tv and there is so much tv here um, I really enjoy the fast pace. That's so cool. Yeah, because you've got like 
this you are such an amazing dynamic woman like you've got goal after goal after goal you are so hungry and I admire that so much in you yeah I definitely you know my kind of I guess you would call it a mantra is I give 150% while I'm at work and even then it's still not enough and I still want to push myself even harder. Mm. It's one of the, we were talking about that just before we started recording and how yeah. we, we don't know people who are like, yeah, no, I'm doing enough. Yeah, no, I don't. I always have to be doing more of mm. my, yeah, like we were saying, my friend from Brisbane who lives in LA working in film just phoned me the other day and she said, I feel like I'm not doing enough. And I was just like, oh my God, I feel the exact same. What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> right. Oh man. Um, have you stumbled through anything this week? Look, I feel like I stumble through something like every day, whether it's just the Vancouver traffic or just like getting to work on time at five o'clock in the morning oh god sorry back up um 5 a.m call okay no that makes sense it makes sense that there's a 5 a.m call time but also oh god I think my earliest call time so far has been 4 30 but I definitely know uh some lovely people in the hair and makeup department that a 3 30 call time is normal for them oh my god that I could stay up until 3.30. I couldn't ever, like, slip. What the... Oh, man. Not all, hero wear, not all <laughs> heroes wear capes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So true. Mm. Alrighty. Well, let's get into it with our first question. So you've kind of talked a little bit about, you know, the shows that you've worked on so far in the past two years. Um, can you give us, like, a little overview of what your career journey has been so far, like... What do you think has helped you the most and what did you learn the hard way? What were your victories? Yeah, for sure. Um, I studied, I guess to give a bit of backstory, I studied fashion in Brisbane at TAFE, Queensland. And um, right when I was in my last semester, I was contacted by a show who was looking for people to help to sew some uh, Western garments for the feature film that they were filming and that's kind of where it all started and since then I've just tried to kind of keep going and keep pushing and I kind of knew that Brisbane wasn't really going to happen for me and I kind of knew that I had to get out of Brisbane and go somewhere that is a little busier for film and TV and I was so lucky in 2016 to be awarded with the Queensland Overseas Foundation Scholarship which really gave me the financial incentive to be able to move overseas. Mm. And in 2017, in July 2017, I moved to Vancouver and basically started from scratch again. I had a whole network of industry contacts and came to Vancouver and didn't know anyone Mm. and uh, just had to start again and find people again and, you know, rebuild myself back up and, I mean, I I think I've done well. I hope I've done well. You absolutely uh, have done well. You're killing it. Are you kidding? You're killing yeah. it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, you know, been lots of ups and downs. And anyone who does work in film and TV knows that, you know, it'll be go, 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 go. And then it'll just be dead silence. So I guess learning what the busy high times are in Vancouver was definitely something that I struggled with a little because when you're new and in a city where you don't know anyone and, you know, just getting work and getting my name out there, 
I became a full member of IAC 891, which is the union that the costume department falls under over here. So I feel like once I became a member, I have kind of uh, not been as anxious to get myself out there and get work because the union definitely uh, helps us a lot with getting work. That's so good. And that's like so cool that you were able to join because you're, you'd be like on a, on a visa of some sort, but it would be like a working visa, right? Because, or do you have like a permanent residency kind of thing going on? That's my current uh, struggle, I guess you would say. Um, I had a two year working holiday visa Mm -hmm. and with that, you know, you come over and you have your two years and once that's up you either apply for permanent residency or you switch to a visitor status but I was so lucky to be sponsored by my current show amazing oh that's so good because like you you wouldn't be able to like join the union unless you had unless you had like working rights and stuff and that's such a big big thing congratulations for like well like you know getting sponsored like not everyone does and it's a big show of faith in you like that's a big testament to the things that you can do. Thank you. I, uh, I'm really happy and really grateful that. <laughs> really happy and really grateful that yeah. I could get that. You worked for it. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Um, so question two. Um, what are three key skills you need for this line of work? Both direct, such as um, like basic sewing skills, makeup stuff, I don't know, and indirect, like not losing your shit when you have a 5.30 a.m. call time and someone has changed their mind for the fifth time about the way that the hats are meant to face with that one badge on them. And anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think working in film, you need to have really good communication skills and really like what is going to keep the day, especially if you work in production on set, what is going to keep the day running and keep the day moving is if you have a good line of communication with not just your own department, but with other departments as well, because really that's what is going to keep the day running. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. I think just really at the end of the day, I think it's not really about like what skills that you have. I think it's just everyone's going to show up and we've all got to come together and no one is has any like need or right to take something out on anyone else because we've all got our own things going on in our own department and we've just got to figure out like some kind of collaborative way to get that first shot of the day off right so it's kind of like the ability to leave your feelings at the door almost so it's like to manage your emotions well enough that you don't bring it to work and of course I mean no one's perfect it happens if you've had a rough day but like there's a difference between kind of being a bit muted for whatever reason and like just totally letting whatever is bothering you come out and attack someone else. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And like, you know, we're working over here, we're working anywhere from 60 to 75 hours a week and you need to be able to, yeah, (laughs) you need to be able to have the ability to know that if someone is having a bad day and they do snap at you, that it's not personal. Mm. It's just that, you know, they're getting hit on by, you know, the higher ups and they're just trying to do their best. Yeah. Maybe that's like the other thing too, is not only managing your emotions, but like being able to not take things personally because like, you know, sometimes it does happen and has nothing to do with you. And it's just like, 
Well, you can't dwell on that because you've got a 78-hour work week. And if you dwell on that, you're not going to be able to work properly. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You've just got to be able to let things go, which is something that I struggle with a lot of the time. Ditto. I am a ruminator. Like something will, ha- something happened five years ago and I thought about it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and it's you still so get str- triggered over it. Right? And then like you, you hurt your own feelings because you end up getting so upset and you're like, why didn't I do better? Or like, this is what I would say. And then you realize that you've wasted 10 minutes making an angry face into the middle distance. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it happens to me way too much. Right. The human experience. Yay. <laughs> um, do you have any other like skills that you think would be super useful? Are there any like directly related ones like um, for wardrobe? I think having a good – yeah, for sure. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think having a good knowledge of garment construction is really important, which I thought really helped me from my fashion studies because in Australia when you study fashion you study every part of it and it's a very broad subject so knowing like garment construction knowing sewing knowing pattern drafting knowing how a whole outfit comes together is definitely very important because there's nothing worse than you're on set and the actress is like well my pant leg is like way too big because I have a small calf and you have no idea how to fix it. It's definitely all about problem solving and having that knowledge of garment construction, I think is really important. Yeah, gosh, that seems like, yeah. (laughs) I can't do anything (laughs) except agree because like the more I think about it, the more sense it makes. And the more I'm like, oh shit, yeah. Like you, you wouldn't be able to get through a week if you didn't have like at least a basic understanding of how things fit together. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, everyone has... Uh, their own parts that they specialize in so I I wouldn't necessarily call myself a cutter who would be the person on a show who is responsible for alterations or if anything is made from scratch um, they're responsible for that but I have a basic knowledge of garment construction so that's what helps me on set. And what was the um, sorry what was the name for that person who deals with specialized things? Um, a cutter, so oh, a, a cutter. cutter on the, yeah, a cutter on any show is uh, worked in the office and they have good sewing skills and pattern making skills and there are some really talented people over here, let's just say that. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, question three, let's talk industry. What's the landscape like? What do you think the differences are that you can see between Australia and Canada in terms of the film industries? A big one. Mm -hmm. I think over here, we're so much more connected to every other part of the world as opposed to Australia, which is so far away. Mm -hmm. And I know the Australian government is really trying on working to get more film productions to come to Australia. But Canada has a great dollar. We have a great tax incentive. So for those that don't know, when productions hire BC locals who pay taxes in BC, they receive a 30% tax incentive back from the government. And that's so, BC, that's British Columbia, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's like so a that's province a- in Canada, isn't it? So like yeah. Vancouver is the capital of... Bri- Bri- <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Vancouver is the capital of British Columbia. I am doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> it's too early. It is. Well, well on my end, you, it is. late for me. Yeah. Um, on my end, it is entirely too early. Like, my brain is only fully awake by 11. Like, that's, that's when I hit my stride. Um, <laughs> everything before that. that is like, uh, I guess <laughs> we'll cross the street. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please continue with giving us really key points no, of it's, information. It's totally fine. <laughs> okay, so um, um, the government gives the incentives. Landscape. Yeah, so the government will give 30% back of that person's wage to the production company as an incentive to continuously bring productions to BC, which I think is so huge and such a great incentive to have. Absolutely, because like if people know that these things exist, then people will literally make shows to be created in that environment. So they'll be like, okay, well, what does BC look like? What is the landscape? Let me just go from there and make a show from there or like adjust things because at the end of the day, like no one makes something to sit in a drawer and collect dust. If you make it for yourself, that's one thing. Yeah, but... Yeah, I think... Like, showing all of the TV and feature films that are coming out of BC shows, like, how much variety we have here and how, you know, you can film a show that looks like it's in the middle of nowhere and on an abandoned planet. And you can also film a show that looks like it's in a city. Amazing. What are some other differences in the industry landscape, do you think? Um, Well, I think money is a big part of, um, the industry over here and in Australia, you know, it's only just starting to be discovered. So there are a lot more shows that film here, which means there's a lot more work being generated and there are a lot more jobs that are readily available. I mean, last year when we were on Twilight Zone, we were so, so, and like not even just Twilight Zone, any show that you've worked on in the busy time, it comes to a point where it's so busy and there's, you know, 60 shows filming in Vancouver with a crew of 200 minimum each and there's just not enough people to be working. Oh my gosh, that's a lot because I suppose the issue with Brisbane is totally the opposite. The issue is that there just aren't enough roles going, there aren't enough jobs and so you're probably just better off moving somewhere where yes, the competition is much, much stiffer but at least there's more opportunity. And then if there's busy periods like that, well, that's your, that's what you can do. Like that's your in. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that I kind of felt was starting to happen to me in Brisbane where I just felt like I was going so hard and I wasn't really getting the results or achievements that I was looking for. And I knew like, okay, where, where are shows filming? Where is shows filming? Where do I need to be? Where do I need to go? I want to be busy. Yeah. It, it's a discussion that I have with a lot of creative friends in Brisbane because there's, you know, the brain drain down south to Melbourne and Sydney. And it's the kind of, well, is it worth moving down there and like putting yourself in a place where it's so much harder to pay rent in yep. order to get a job where, like, it's not guaranteed, it's never guaranteed, but you, there, there is more opportunity. I think, like, it is such a hard tug of war that a lot of us have, but one of the best bits of advice that I got in regards to that was I had a friend and she said to me, Annalise, 
Like, I don't know why you are stressing out so much. You are such a hard worker. And if you want this bad enough, you're going to move and you're going to make it happen. And she was so right. I moved to Vancouver. And three weeks later, I had a job and I was working on a Hallmark movie. Mm. Sorry, can you repeat that for the people in the back? Um, (laughs) You moved across two oceans and within three weeks you had a job on a fucking hallmark movie yep that's correct i would just like to take a moment of silence so the listeners can applaud (laughs) 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 yeah it yeah that kind of it's crazy but if you are hardworking and driven and determined you can figure it out and you can make it work mm-hmm. um already i think we have like time for one more key difference if you have anything else in terms of like insights into the industry or like the different landscapes between here and there and then i think we've got to go into our next section sounds great um i think just i would just say For anyone who is in Brisbane or not in Brisbane, uh, who is looking to move overseas to work in film and TV, I would just say just do your research. I have seen so many people move here and have really wanted to make it work and just have not followed through and done the research that they need to do. And every department over here is so different. So my experiences can't really relate to someone who would like to get into the camera department. Mm-hmm. so just do your research and make sure you have all of the information before you take the big jump and move okay what kind of research should they be doing like what what questions do they need to answer what like do they need to have at least three contacts before they arrive that they've kind of cold emailed do they need to know um like the physical locations like where I think the production company like, sets up no I think more so like you know you're moving to another country make sure you know like what the weather's like in that country. <laughs> you're someone that gets depressed by the rain it rains so much here most of the year it is raining it is not sunny and it is so cold mm. so you know just small things like that or just knowing you know what kind of area do I want to live in what is going to be my budget for rent Um, what department do I want to work in? What Mm -hmm. position am I looking to go towards? Those are all really important things that you have to kind of decide before you come here because you are coming over to a country where there are a lot of skilled workers here and no one is going to help you. The only person that is going to help you is yourself. So to give yourself the best chance, you need to make sure that you've made all those decisions and you have a plan and have an idea in your mind of what you want to do and what you want to achieve. Mm. So it's kind of making sure that you can live there, you can actually survive, which is just a basic, like when you look for a new house to move into, I know that one of my non-negotiables is that I have to have a window, even if it's just a very small one in my bedroom. Like it's kind of like, you know, basic stuff like that. And then also... Well, make sure that you don't arrive and you have to sort of rely on the kindness of others to get your skills up, like upskill in certain areas. Yeah, okay, yeah. For me, like I – so over here there are a lot of unions. There's about six different unions and every department has their own union basically. Mm -hmm. And 
I looked on my union's website, IRT891, and looked under the applications for the costume department and made sure that I had all of the experience I needed before I moved over. Because Mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than coming somewhere where you know literally no one and you still need to gain experience. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And then you don't have the network to get the experience through because, you know, you could go and try and get in on some great student films, but that's probably not going to give you what you need. And if you're in another country, you really don't want to be in that situation. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Okay. Thank you so much. That is so, so useful. And I am so glad that I get to have you on and all your insights. I'm so glad to be on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now it's time for the Things I've Never Said segment, where we accept anonymous submissions and confessions from our listeners on the topic we discuss. So the first submission for this week, how do you make friends in the catering tent or make friends on set on your first day? I feel like it's so hard stepping out of the comfort zone of your department and cast especially are so intimidating, but so interesting to talk to when you get time. Say hi to Annalise for me. The Brizzy gang miss her. Aww. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. Um, I feel like the first like sentence, the first question in there is such a mood. How do you make friends in the catering tent? Like (laughs) nothing daunts me more than going to have lunch in the catering tent. Because it is honestly a zoo in there for starters. Oh my god, like and in Mean Girls? Yeah. Like it's honestly like a zoo and you feel like you are taken right back to high school. And if you're going in there solo and alone, I just find it so daunting. And you're like, I want to sit with someone and I want to talk to someone, but I don't want to be like weird. So what am I going to do here? Mm. Um, but I think... If you're, like, a friendly, outgoing person, there are so many friendly, outgoing people here on in Vancouver and just in general. Um, you can make friends so easily. I mean, I would talk to a brick wall. Like, I <laughs> can pretty much talk to anyone. And it's just as simple as going up and saying, like, hey, what's your name? Like, you know, I'm Annalise. I'm in the costume department. Like, what about you? What do you do? Or just, you know, if you're going up to a table, I know it's scary and it's daunting, but just being like, oh, do you mind if I sit here? And most of the time they'll be like, no, go ahead. Like, please sit. And, you know, I really find it enjoyable when we do have those lunch days where we can sit in the catering tent and you are surrounded with like so many other departments. And I've sat with sound at lunch. I've sat with hair and makeup. I've sat with cast. Like, I think it's just so fun to have a bit of a breather from the shooting day. Mm. Absolutely. Do you have any um, tips for making friends on set on your first day? I think on your first day, especially if it's a show you've never worked on before, you really just want to make sure that you are having a good connection with your supervisor because really that's the person that's going to vouch for you if you want to come back on a second day. So whilst I think it's important to make friends, I think we also are all there to do a job and uh as long as you you know gravy with your supervisor make as many friends as you want um, sorry gravy? but i would yeah like <laughs> as long as you're good <laughs> as long as you're good with your supervisor um i kind of leave making friends till you know maybe the third day or the fourth day but mm. it's just as simple as you know if you're doing finals on someone and you can see that like for example, for me, if my cast is wearing a cozy coat, which is 
just like a puffy jacket that they would wear on top of their costume. Mm-hmm. Hair will not be able to do their finals until that cast member takes their cozy coat off. Mm-hmm. So it's important to have a good connection with other departments that you work in close proximity with. So that way you kind of say like, hey, let's take your coat off so that you can let someone else do their job. And nine times out of 10, when you walk off set from doing finals, the person who is doing the hair will be like, hey, thank you so much for that. I really appreciated it. And that's just how it starts. Amazing. So it's kind of about first day, maybe even first week is about making sure that you are doing the job as best you can. And part of doing the job is making sure that you're not making someone else's job more difficult. So that's, yeah, exactly. yeah, that's more of the like networking component in those early days, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, then that'll turn into like, oh, like, what's your name? You mm. know, so I know your name and I'm not just saying like, hey, costume, can you take their coat off? <laughs> and then <laughs> that yeah. turns into, oh, what's your name? And then that's how you get going. And, you know, it's kind of intimidating, but you just have to put yourself out there because the more people that know you, the better chance you have of getting work. Absolutely. And everyone feels the same way to a greater or lesser extent. Everyone has always had that moment of, I know no one here and I really want to stay here. Yeah, exactly. Alrighty, so submission number two. Um, The recent boom in feature films coming to Queensland, such as Thor and Dora, has been great for local workers. Do you think we can do more to get more Queensland workers on those films? Um, I think that's such a good question, for starters. Uh, I think definitely we can do more and definitely... I would like to see some kind of form of a mentorship program happen in Queensland for young new workers because I think it's really important that senior workers are educating and handing down the tips that they have learned to the new generation. And I think a mentorship program and trainee spots, which I know have started coming in, um, a friend of mine was a costume trainee on Dora and I think that is such like a great opportunity and I think more productions need to be offering these kind of traineeships on big films to give new people experience and Mm -hmm. if we don't kind of come out and say that to you know Screen Queensland or whomever that it's not going to happen. Yeah and they also have a vested interest in making sure that the you know new waves of workers coming in have the best possible support to upskill and also in making current and you know more established workers even more skilled there is no downside to investing in people making better stuff man exactly and that's something that I've been really fortunate with over here is working with people who have worked on huge feature films or have worked been working in the industry for over 30 years and getting knowledge from them which is helping me very cool very cool um okay so just to round off the episode what is the best advice you've ever gotten about this job or the career path um I think I wouldn't really say it's the best advice I've ever gotten I think it was the best thought I had to myself mm-hmm. um which just sounds a bit silly well that you're giving yourself <laughs> um, advice yeah uh for me when I really found when I was first starting out the way that I found that I started advancing in my career 
was when I stopped comparing myself to others and I stopped comparing what I had achieved to what others had achieved and just focused solely on myself and my goals and what I wanted to achieve is really when I started to push forward. And I think that is what everyone has to do because if you compare yourself to someone else, like it's, you're not comparable to someone else. Yes, Mm. you might work in the same industry and you might work in the same job classification as someone else, but your story is not the same and you have different goals and different things that you want to achieve. And I think that is really important. Absolutely. I, I'm 100% behind you on that one. Like we waste so much time and energy looking over our shoulder or like to our right or to our left or just what everyone else is doing. And, you know, if you spend, if you're driving along the highway and you spend too much time looking at either side of you, you're going to go off your own course, you know? Yeah, exactly. All right. What would you do if you knew 10,000 people would do the same? I think something that has really challenged me over the last two years that I would like to give to other people is the bravery and the courage to stand up for themselves. So I feel like I would want to give that bravery and courage to someone else. You have such a beautiful soul. (laughs) Thanks. Yes. Oh, man, I'm so glad I got to meet you. (laughs) That sounds so like... Oh, that that sounds so hit, but I I really am because it was a, a chance meeting that we had when you did our makeup for one show one time. But man, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm I'm so so stoked that I get to know you. I feel the exact same, and I feel like I'm really at a place in my life where I like to surround myself with people who bring me up and inspire me to keep pushing forward. And you're definitely one of those people to me. <laughs> oh i think i'm don't yep, cry no, I, am t- I am tearing up just a little bit um it's day one of my period so that is not unusual <laughs> but thank you it's you've made my week it's thank you um okay do you have anything to plug and where can we find you if you would like to be found <laughs> um i don't have anything of my own to plug but i could say that Everyone should definitely watch Charm Season 2. It will start airing at the end of October. So check out what we are getting up to. Heck yeah. If you want to find me, I have my Instagram, which is just my name, Annalise, and then the letter C at the end on Instagram and follow me and I will accept. Woo! Okay. And then when you watch Charmed, put it on your stories and tag her in it. Yes, definitely. No, no, so excited. So excited. It's like, because then it'll be like everyone is watching together. Like it'll be a group viewing session. Yeah. (laughs) Like an intercontinental group viewing session. Yes. Okay. I'm really excited about it. I love it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so stoked to put this episode out there because I know that so many people are going to find value in this and that, ah, I've... I couldn't even put a dollar value on the wisdom that you have just dropped in this episode. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Heck yes. Thank Um, you for having me. Of course. Please come on again, please. Um, Anytime. and, And of course, thank you all for listening. Thanks as always to Zane at That's Not Canon Productions for producing the show. 
Graphics are by Claudia Pickett, music by Jessica Fletcher. If you've stumbled upon us, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at StumbleThroughPod and Facebook as StumbleThroughPodcast. Until next time, do your best and take care of each other. I'll speak to you soon, guys. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.